It's episode four, season three of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Bex from Portsmouth. Good afternoon. And making his um, making his Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast debut, um, the legend that is the Spurs poet, Davy Elder. Good afternoon, Jav. How are you? I'm good. I'm not bad. Thank you for joining us. Um, you're, in, you're in Dublin. Um, uh, before we talk about big two things, obviously Liverpool yesterday and the Champions League draw. Um, end of last week. Um, before we talk about those two things, as ever with, with any new guest on the show, um, Davey, how did you get bitten by the Spurs bug? Um, well, I'm not originally from Dublin. Um, the, the village that I grew up was in the north of Ireland, and it was only it was only a small village, you know, maybe a hundred households, and it was around um, 1981 when I first got the Tottenham bug. And it was um, the Chaz and Dave single, um, Aussie's Dream, which I I threw uh, an absolute Mickey fit in a shop <laughs> because my mum wouldn't buy me the seven-inch single. So that was it. From from 81 onwards, I was just Tottenham. You know, I wasn't born and bred in the N17, but I've always said that, you know, I didn't choose Tottenham. Tottenham chose me. Excellent. Um, and you've not looked back since. Um, right, okay. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little, a little bit more about some of the things that you, you do late, later on in the show, um, basically around Spurs Legend Nights. Um, but before all of that, um, we played yesterday. We played Liverpool yesterday. Um, I was at the match. Um, quick thoughts from me. I thought we... I thought the first ten minutes we did, did we did we did quite well. Um, we created a few problems for them, and I didn't think in the first ten minutes they looked very threatening. And I, I thought that thereafter, most of the problems that they caused us were down to our own making. I didn't think they were that good. And a lot's been said. Um, I've read on social media and elsewhere about how well Liverpool played and and so forth. But I'm I'm not convinced by them, and I think. I think the result was fair. Probably it was a fair result all round, and some might say that we were lucky to, to get get a, get come away with a point. But I think that I don't think they were that good, and I think we allowed them in, in into the game. Um, and I think the referee, which we'll talk about in a bit, I think mm-hmm. was pretty poor. Yeah, he was shit. That penalty for Lamella. I mean, for crying out loud, to be able to do to trip somebody when you're running and to do that consciously, man, that's a really hard thing to do. Um, I just it was bollocks Mane should have gone off just not impressed with the referee at all yesterday um, but I did think actually the linesman who called the goal offside I thought that was a great shout mm. <laughs> <laughs> no bias whatsoever you understand no, no no I think there was you know I think there was contact from the Mella but, but I don't think it was box. deliberate but I don't think it was no, deliberate it, that's the thing it, 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 it wasn't deliberate, but it was actually outside the box. So 
you know, if it had been anything, it should have been a free kick. But penalty, very harsh decision. Yeah, what a twat. I did think Michael Vaughan had a great game, actually, considering he was probably the player that everybody was most worried about. If you look yeah. away from Christian Eriksen for a minute, I think Vaughan, everybody was a little bit, oh, oh, I know it's Vaughan because we've got no choice. Mm. Um, but I thought he had a really good game yesterday. Did really well. He he, he did. Um, I was um, during the game. I sat next to a guy, Nick Nick Seal, who who we've had on the podcast before. And Nick made the point to me. In fact, well, we had we've got two questions around Vaughan. One from Greg Taylor, who says, "We know that Larice is a great goalkeeper, but could we say hand on heart that you would have trusted him 100% to, to successfully make those two amazing tackles that Vaughan made out of his area today to um, snuff out?" dangerous Liverpool attacks and also following from that Nick um, who was sat next to me said that Vaughan played well and if he can continue to do so um, Lloris would find it possibly Lloris might find it difficult to get back into the team he he then added to me to me at the time and it made interesting point that we know that well imagine the following scenario if Pep was our manager which he's not but if he if he was we know what Pep said about Joe Hart and his distribution and so forth and if Pep was happened to be our manager would he pick Vorm over Lloris which is an interesting question and also will Lloris find it hard to get back in the team I don't think you'll find it hard I think um, Poch very much sees Hugo as the main man and Vorm isn't stupid enough to think that it will ever be him. I don't think it's a formal competition between the two. I think it's more a hierarchy. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I agree. I think that um, to, to kind of answer them two questions in one, um, Larice also for the past X amount of years has done them tackles where he's come out of his box and he's cleared the lines. So obviously Larice and Varm work together in training and Vaughan picks these things up from Lloris. Um, and I really don't think that you can judge... You, you can't say after one and a half games that Vaughan's going to take Lloris's place mm. because, you know, people... It's like a, a knee-jerk reaction. Lloris, for the past three seasons, has been probably one of our best players. So to, to judge after one and a half games and say Vaughan should start in front of Lloris... I just I don't agree with that, and I don't think it's going to happen. But as as far as form for a backup, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think it was the, 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 um, the refreshing thing about yesterday for me. Looking at Vaughan was one, um, he made crucial saves, and the crowd acknowledged that, which is nice because some some of our fans um, have been have, have got on his yeah have been obnoxious and, and, and got yeah. on his back. Um, but also. If there was any doubt in anyone's mind, now we know that we have got a, a good backup goalkeeper. You know, the, the goalkeeper that we signed from Swansea was a decent player. He might not have shown that when he the opportunities he had when he broke into the team initially, but um, the last few occasions I've seen him, not just this season, but even some of last season, um, he's looked a lot looks a lot better. Um, I also think to address Nick's question, I think that certain players, and I think. Lloris is one of those, and I think Vertonghen proved that last season as well. Um, they, uh, when they get injured, as once they come back from an injury, like a long-term injury, or whether it's been a month or three months, as long as they're fit and they're fully fit, for me, however well that whoever their understudy is, whether whether that's Vorm or, uh, in the case of Vertonghen, Vimmer does, I think those players pretty much come straight back into the team. They're that crucial, um, and that's not meant as to be disrespectful to to Vimmer and Vorm, who are 
really good players, but um, I think you you know you want your strongest. All the best best teams at the end of the day, they play their strongest, their big their big star names if they're, if they're performing, and if they're fit and available. Yeah. So um, I I think yeah I think Lloris will will come back in the team, but we can take solace from the fact that there'll be cup games and uh, League Cup and an FA Cup, and and we know that. If we need to bring in Vorm, we've got good good understudy. Um, we had a couple of questions, so obviously we'll, we'll, we'll do lots more of your questions later on, but we had a few questions around the game yesterday. So we mentioned the referee. Um, Lynette Keeler says, who is Bobby um, Maidley and who gave him a bloody, <laughs> bloody whistle? <laughs> Um, she goes on to say, <laughs> "She goes on to say, was there gin in Klopp's water bottle? He was weirder in his post-match conference edit. In his PMI, is that post-match interview? Post-match interview, and seemed to think it was only a couple of poor decisions against against them that cost um, that cost them two points. Now, I I uh, I thought uh, I think it was Michael Oliver we had last week, and he was pretty poor, and." Um, and Bobby Madley was an even bigger bellend, and I've looked him up, um, and the first thing that strikes me is how that there is no way in the fucking world that he is five years or six, five years younger than me. He looks, <laughs> he's, he's, he's 30 or 31, and he looks like he's well into his 40s. He looks really old. Um, so Does I, that affect his ability with a whistle? No, it doesn't. I'm, oh, okay. I'm just just a cruel, cruel jibe on, on my behalf. But um, yeah, he was poor. He was really poor. He, he sounds um, he sounds like a club singer from the nineties. You can imagine singing. Blue, yeah, Bodlin singing "Blue Velvet" from the best of Elvis. <laughs> Just, just on, just on, just on that age thing. Um, in the past, I'm going back a few years. You had, um, you know, I know in Italy you had Kalina, who was a really good, good referee, and and in England you had, and this is going back a few years, you had people like George Courtney, um, and Roger Milford, Roger Milford, David Ellery. Um, yeah, they were. Maybe I was a lot younger, but they seemed a lot. Well, I was a lot younger, but they seemed a lot older than the referees. Of, Today, I don't want to sound ageist, but it, 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 I got the impression that they were well into their forties and they'd been doing what they'd been doing for for a long time and had gained experience. So since when have we had thirty-something referees refereeing at the highest level? We did have, and you are very much getting older. And this is something you will continue to learn as you get much older. I always look at Michael Oliver and think, really, does your mother know where you are? Are you allowed out of short trousers? <laughs> <laughs> God. I think I think what I think what what you know people have got to realise as well is people see referees now as you know someone that's close to the action and and a lot of these referees now like to be centre of attention. So for for young kids growing up who maybe don't have the talent to be a football but but want to get close to the action, yeah. they start becoming referees. And you know it's like. You get these. I'm going to refer this to like um, the police force. You'll get the old time bobbies who will, you know, have a bit of common sense, and they'll if they stop you for something, they'll they'll talk to you and they'll let you away with it, and they'll they'll, they'll use their you know brain and they'll use their experience. Whereas you've you've got the new guys on the beat who do everything by the book, and you know everything has to be done so that they can climb the ladder. It's kind of the same for these young referees who, you know, think that they are the, 
the star attraction, but they're only one of the cogs on a, an ever-turning wheel that, you know, they're never going to get the limelight that they think they should have. Well, not for the right reasons, anyway. No, exactly. Mm. Um, we had a question from James Marr who said, against Liverpool, was it them playing well, um, pressuring us, or was it our, or was it our movement off the ball that, that made so many mistakes? I just think we haven't... I just think we haven't clicked yet. I think we are suffering from um, a lot of our players playing too much football. I think the the England lads who played in the Euros, you know, it's noticeable that Delhi Alley and Harry Kane, and you know, they don't look they don't look fresh. They don't look ready. Um, and I just think we we're suffering a wee bit from that. And obviously, we're, we're missing Dembele and. Mm. Wanyama's come in, and I think we're we're actually trying to find, believe, believe it or not, I think we're trying to find our new identity. You know, we're we're bringing Jansen under the fold, and we're bringing Wanyama, and I just think that we're trying to, we're trying to create this, you know, a, a new style, a new formation, and add that to the fact that some of our big performers from last year haven't, you know, haven't turned up yet. I think that was more our problem than Liverpool actually pressing us hard. I think we just haven't settled yet. We haven't clicked. We, there were shades of that um, last season. That we didn't um, hit the ground running last season and we had less points than we do now. Um, we've got the international break coming. Um, hopefully, we'll kick on, kick on in the autumn. Um, I think that... You're absolutely right. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of the players look, look jaded, look a bit tired. I think, and I think certainly we're, we're missing Dembele. Um, uh, uh, Lynette had another. Keela had another question around um, uh, around that, around missing him, and and and, and uh, whether this, whether his absence would explain why um, everybody in the team seems to have forgotten how to play. Um, there was an interesting stat. I think last week I mentioned on the pod that of the six league matches that we lost last season. Um, None of them, other than the very first one on the opening day, Dembele featured in. And I think there's another stat, stat doing the round I've seen on social media about how um, Kane, last season, he was quite prolific in all the games that Dembele played. And, and in fact, there's an argument that Kane is missing Dembele. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I do think, though, that there is some knock-on effect from the very busy summer. Not only were most of the players, bar Eriksson, playing in tournaments... But also then it means that they come back late to pre-season training. And then the knock-on effect is they're still not settled. Now, I'd rather be not settled now but still getting some points and then peak later in the season than be good now and then for it all really to fall apart earlier than we did last year. So, yeah, they all do look a bit tired and I think it will just take that a little bit longer because of all the... um, Cups and you know the Olympics, Copa America, the Olympics, uh, the thingy Euros. I think it will take us slightly longer this year to get started. Yeah, because I I can imagine that the the at least the first month of preseason training, I would you know we were probably missing half the playing yeah. staff. Mm. And and when I say half the playing staff, that half that we were missing were all top players. Yeah, it's not it's not. 
kids coming through from development they make up numbers it's it's proper international footballers who helped us finish third last year so uh, you know and i know other teams have the same problem but i just think i just think we've suffered a wee bit more this time I think yeah. So certainly, other teams do have a, have the same issues, but I, I think we probably. Um, I'm just pl- plucking this out of my head, but I've got a feeling that we we might have had more players involved in the Euros than any other team in the Premier League. And then if you throw in Lamella in the mix yeah. in the copper, um, and 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 as you say, first team players. I mean, Vimmer, okay, he's in and out of the first team, but pretty much the rest of the, the players involved, um, the five England lads. Um, Larice six, um, Lamella seven. I think there's somebody else as well, possibly involved in the Euros. Well, there was, there was the Belgian lads. Uh, yeah, the Bel- of course, the, 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 yeah, the, 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 the Belgian so lads. So that and, takes and, us and to Davis. ten. Yep, and and Davis. And then well. uh, that's so and that no, takes us was... to ten. And then of course missing was Ericsson, and he's the only one that didn't play summer play over the summer. But even then, it, and it have... must be really disorientating for him to come back and do preseason with effectively a bunch of kids. It's not his team. Hmm. It's because his team were on a delayed break. Sorry, yeah. Davy. And then you had you had um, Son was at the Olympics yep. as well. So yep. that's he's that's only just one. back as well, isn't he? Yeah, but like I I, I agree with Bex. You know, Ericsson's maybe come back in the pre-season and he's no disrespect to Josh Onama or, or High Winks or anybody like that. But maybe Ericsson's just breezed through pre-season. You know, maybe he hasn't had the the players around him, the, the push, you know, if, he, yeah. if he's looking over and seeing Harry Kane busting the gut on the training field, you know, he's he's going to put that effort in. But if he's looking around and seeing Harry Winks, he's thinking, well, you know, maybe I've, you know, I should be okay the way I am. Yeah, there's no incentive for it. Well, yeah, there isn't the same in- level of incentive there would be if all the team was there. Um, just a few other things on yesterday before we talk about the Champions League draw. Um, overall, would both of you agree fair result? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to yeah. have seen Mane gone off, though, for being a shitbag. And I do think the referees need to get some consistency around shirt pulling. Yeah, to change I agree. To this season. Well, there's been, you know, there's been three penalties in the first couple of weeks. And, you know, I think... We all knew that Stoke were going to be the one that suffered, um, but no, I think I think we won one fair result. Um, we can only get better. Mm. Mm. We Carl um, Walker came off injured, and and, and um, I think I think that was a blow. And whilst I think Dyer did a good job um, or a, a competent job, should we say? Um, it's clearly not Dyer's best best position playing at right back. I think his I've got to say his final delivery is very good, um, yeah. and also we should give a mention to um, the goal that we scored. One obviously to, to Danny Rose, um, who is just um, I think defying all expectations and a, a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the doubters. I mean, I th- I think you know defensively he's a lot better um, and has been o- over the last. 18 months um, his positional sense I think going forward on the ball he jumps for balls which he, he shouldn't reach That that's and then he pops up in the box with, with, with the odd goal and, and dare I say if I can make the following, following analogy I would say he could be for us what Ashley Cole was to um, 
some other teams in London um, in his pomp. Um, I think he's yeah. that, I think he's that good. Um, so he he pops up with a goal. Um, Vaughan we mentioned was our best player, but also the goal. Um, it was started by a beautiful pass from um, from Toby Toby Alderweireld. Not for the first time. I hasten to add. Oh, man, crushes back again, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a good ball, and yeah, got put put Dyer through and and got got the cross in. Um, Did you hear Danny Rose's um, explanation for the goal? No, no, no. He's um. It's a Spurs official video, and he said he didn't actually hit the ball how he wanted to. If he had done, then he thinks the keeper would have saved it. And it actually didn't. He didn't kick it. It came off his calf or his shin or his ankle or something. Um, so yeah, he was uh, quite fortunate. But he said he was really pleased to get three points for the team. Good. That's oh, sorry, eight point for the team. That's, yeah, that's, that's very modest, modest of him. Um, uh, the, we had a few questions. I'm, I'm not going to. Um, from, from 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 a number of people um, around um, Trippier and where 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 Trippier is, and also them them to that matter, but particularly Trippier when you consider um, we lost a right back, and I mean I I didn't see the subs, but I, I presume he wasn't on the bench. I didn't no. see. Are we concerned about that fact, or is everything? Do we think everything's okay behind the scenes? I mean, I I think that. You can only name so many substitutions, and um, I don't know which defensive players we we had on. I, I presume on the bench. I presume Ben Davis was there, but I don't think Pochettino, Pochettino normally has both fullbacks. And then when you've got the versatility of Dyer, um, yeah. our defence last season was really really solid. And Poch had, apart from the injury to Vertonghen, Poch really had no need to substitute his defence. So maybe that's why that he didn't think it was likely to be an issue. Therefore, he'd rather rather have his subs as um, forward players. Yep. Maybe the only the only concern the only concern I would have is um, as far as as Vimmer goes, he he has a muscular injury, which is the reason why he hasn't been involved. There, there's no. Um, there's no transfer speculation. There's, you know, it's all rumours. But as far as I know, Vimmer is very much in Pochettino's plans. But the only worry that I would have is if Kyle Walker. I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be a long-term injury. Uh, if Trippi isn't in the plans, and we're relying on Dyer to go to right back, that puts us back to pretty much square one because. If we play Wanyama and Dembele in the middle, then who's the backup for that, given the fact that Mason could be on his way to Hull or Sunderland? So, you know, it's going to be one of those nervous couple of days when the transfer window closes. You know, mm-hmm. we've, sold, we've sold Yedlin. I'm not saying Yedlin was going to be the answer, but it was right back cover. So, I don't know, we've got Kyle Walker-Peters there as well, but are you going to are you going to throw someone like that into first team action straight away? I wouldn't have thought so. So my only worry is if Vimmer isn't or if Trippier isn't in the plans, um, are we relying on Dyer to play right back, and are we going to be left short again in the midfield yeah. if something happens, Wanyama or Dembele? I think I suppose I think if if it if it gets to that and and we. Um, end up 
um, let's say losing Wanyama through injury, then I, f- I, I suspect that Dyer would then, if he was if he's been moved to right back, he'd fill in a, fill in in midfield, and then at that point, if he hasn't already, he'd get Trippier in. I, I, my I, so I I sort of agree, agree with Bex. I think that you know there's only so many defensive players you want to have on the bench. Really, um, normally you you want to have as many attacking players to possibly change a game. Maybe the odd defensive player to shore things up if you're protecting a lead or or or, or in, in case you have an injury but um so i suppose i wouldn't read too much into the fact that trippy was was wasn't on the bench but i can understand why some fans are concerned by that um but uh yeah we certainly don't want to we don't want to mess around with with dyer too much whether that's putting him at right back or, or center of defense is he's i think proven that his best position is is in, in the is in the center of the park and I thought he was having a good time yesterday. He also, um, at one point, the coverage showed him putting an arm around uh, Vertonghen and mm. giving him some advice, <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> I mean, he's slightly seemed... incongruous, you know, given the relative experience levels between the two of them. Yeah, no, the fact he... that Jan's been playing there a lot longer. But I thought that was really good. He's certainly comfortable playing yeah. as a centre back or in a back three or a right back, but central midfield. I think I think most fans would would like to see him in that role um, yeah but do we need him there now if we have Wanyama and if we have Dembele coming back I think that I think uh, go, yeah. go ahead Jeff I was just going to say I, I think that if you had to pick for me if I had to pick between one or the other I would I think Wanyama played really well yesterday he breaks up a lot of the attacks but I don't think he's good on the ball as Dyer, and I'd, I'd still have Dyer ahead of him Once, Me too. Once, Every once time, I, I I love Mr. Dyer. I think he's awesome. So I'm I'm quite happy to pin him to stay in the team. It was more of a devil's advocate question. Mm. Davey? No, I, I think it would be interesting to see Wanyama beside Dembele. Um, I know Wanyama's not his game's not really to be a ball player, but whenever you've someone like Dembele beside him who can retain the ball, that that could work. But at the moment, I would be quite happy to see Dyer play every week. Okay, it's a nice option to have. Mm. Certainly is. Um, okay, right. Let's 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 go back a few days. So the draw for the Champions League was was made on Thursday. Um, thoughts on that draw, starting with you, Davy. Um, I was. Uh, I'm going to say I was slightly disappointed. And that, that sounds terrible because, as a Spurs fan, with a Champions League draw, we should be absolutely over the moon. But I was really hoping they test ourselves against a, a Barca or a Real Madrid or you know someone like that. But having said that, it's a group that we can. I'm going to say we can win it. Um, I think it's it's. Um, I think CSK will be the that will be the testing game. I think it's going to be difficult to travel out there and, and get a result, but I'm confident we can win the group, and then we can take the Barces and the Real Madrids and whoever else <laughs> and get an away day. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's better to avoid them in the group stage. We need to find our feet again at this level. So let's just play some what look on paper to be relatively easy-ish if that's the right words to use games that we should not struggle so badly in 
um, and then look forward to the Glamatize post group. Shades of um, Europa League about it in terms of the opposition. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting. So we've got we've, we've it's it's an easy it's yeah it's not glamorous. It's an easier group to to be in, and certainly one that on paper we could win. Um, but we, we've. That, We've obviously got to go out there and, and, and prove that we can do that. Um, CSK and Moscow are probably, whilst it will be a tricky trip to Russia, they're probably the easiest team of the um, teams in pot one that we could have been drawn against. Um, we could have been drawn against far tougher opposition. And then the other two teams, interesting, both of them finished third in their respective leagues, as we did. Um, Leverkusen have got um, the, the chap who played for United, uh, Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And... And and Monaco, I couldn't tell you a great deal about Monaco other than what what I, I said last year, which is um, they were a good band, um, had one one good song. Um, what do you want from me? Um, but couldn't, couldn't tell you much more. Um, uh, yeah, it, I, it, it's. I would have liked a, a, a glamour tie, but it, it is what it is. Um, and if we progress into the next, into the last sixteen, then. Um, I'm sure we will get tougher, tougher opposition. So um, let, let's enjoy the ride. Yeah, and I guess part of that is depends where we want, where our, our focus for the season is. Is our focus for the season Champions League? Is our focus the domestic league? Do we play well in the Champions League because that will put us through to the next group, the next stage, which will give us more pressure? Yeah. Or do we bail out completely? Because, like I said the other week. There's no dicking around. It's either next stage of the Champions League or we go out altogether. I don't want to be in Europe if we're not Champions League. I don't want that Europa League drop down. So I guess it depends where Poch's uh, focus is for the next season. So our next league match is um, against Stoke City um, in a fortnight from now, which is very quickly. Um, predictions on that, starting with you, Bex. Well, they haven't had a great start to the season, have they? We should um, We should be OK up there. Um, yeah, let's go 2-0 2-0 Okay, Davey? Um, I'm going to go for I'm going to go 3-1 um, We're going to fall 1-0 behind uh, to uh, Barry Hinogo on his debut <laughs> 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 and then we're going to come back and 1-3-1 <laughs> um, Sure, Berahino and not, not Peter Crouch you know, just to really round things off No, I imagine <laughs> no, no. The bottom of the table. Um, I didn't. I've got to say, I didn't expect that um, from Mark Houston. I know it's early days and, and whatnot, but and I know they've played City in one of their games, and that's always going to be difficult. But um, didn't expect them to be where they are. Um, and then, and then they've got no, because no, because last year they were they were fairly decent. Um, they, they had the physical element, but then they also had a couple of decent players as well. So it's. It's a, I think it's a bit of a false situation for them, to be honest. Yeah. I think they're better than that. Yeah, Yeah, but two, three games in, really, you can't, it's very hard to judge, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Apart from Man City, who are quite comfortably thumping West Ham at the moment, 2-0. So, you know. I think we... Um, I know our last two away games um, are probably not a good barometer to go by, but um, uh, I think we've... we've Last season and even a few seasons before, we seem to be better away from home. So I, I think we're going to go there and win three um, nil. I say confidently. Um, right, 
Bex, how have the Spurs ladies been doing? So the ladies kicked off their season today. They played Swindon Town and with a nice, comfortable 4-1 win under their belt, I'm sure they'll be feeling very good about the season. Uh, two goals from Wendy Martin, one from Nikita Winner, and to start everything was Bianca Baptiste. So the girls must be quite happy. Um, I think that's a nice way to start your season. Mm. So yeah, they all seem quite bouncy at the moment, quite chirpy. And that was this afternoon. Excellent. And who have they got next? All right, I didn't reserve that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I've um, only just I've only just thought about that now and thought quick oh my god <laughs> too late <laughs> um, okay right Bef- before we do, before we do some more questions Davy um, uh, you organise um, Spurs Legends Night is that correct I do indeed do. I do okay. indeed now obviously a, a lot I know a lot of people um, attend these and and, and they'll, they'll a lot of our listeners will, will will know what they are but some people won't so could you just explain what they are and and if there are any ones um around the corner that people can attend okay um well pretty much it's it's a chance for fans to meet um ex-players heroes legends um it normally lasts between three and a half to four hours um you have the players on stage and they'll talk about their life um, at the club. They'll talk about behind the scenes, things that you won't have read in the press or probably never will. Um, they, they talk you through you know, how they, they came to the club and, and they answer any questions that anybody, anybody wants to ask. There's also the opportunity to get your picture taken, to get shirts signed, photographs, just ev- everything that you want to get signed, they will sign. Um, it, it's a great night. It's, you know, normally we try and keep the price fairly reasonable, mm-hmm. but each each player has his own set fee. So you try and do it that, you know, you cover your costs for the, the player's fees and it's just a great night. And sometimes there's food through, you know, food on, during the halftime break, um, there's also like prize raffles and auctions where you can one signed, you know, proper signed Spurs memorabilia and stuff. So it's it's a good night for fans. It's it's a good night for for anybody to pass an evening and fill their fill that Spurs void if there's no games on. But some you know some of the some of the experiences and, and stories that I've been lucky enough to hear, you know, it's. Like we always talk about our club being famous for its history um, and about times that have changed, you know, moments in football. And, you know, to sit down and, and meet players from the 61 double one inside, to meet players from the, the 70s era, to meet, you know, the 84 UEFA Cup one and team and the, you know, Alexa, Ricky Villa for. For Ricky Devia to sit across a table and tell you his feelings about scoring that goal, it's it's moments like that that can never be it can never be etched from your memory, and it's, it's something that I've been very lucky, and many others have been very lucky to actually get the opportunity to run these events and to get the inside stories, and it's just a great night for any fan, not just Spurs, for any football loving fan in general, because. And legends and players from the past have a lot more stories and a lot more fan interaction than the players nowadays. Mm. You know, there'll never be there'll never be a legends night with um, you know, Jermaine Defoe and Aaron Lennon. It won't happen. 
it's yeah. you know once you pass a certain stage and i would say the i would say early 2000s you'd be very lucky if you get a player from the early 2000s era to do a legends night because you know these players are earning upwards of you know 10 15 grand and then you look at the players now can you imagine you know somebody on 100 grand doing a legends night in 10 years time it's, it's just not going to happen it's not going to happen um, so I just try. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to. I was just going to say. So I mean, I think that the the most recent ones that I've seen are players like Darren Anderton. So yeah, ran about that time frame yeah. late late. <clears throat> well, um, he was still sort of playing for us late nineties, early 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 noughties. Um, yeah. Darren Darren is um, he's currently on the circuit at the minute. Um, Darren's actually doing one on the 22nd of September in Gloucester, um, along with Mickey Hazard. If anybody is in the area, um, just get in touch, and I can point you in the direction of tickets. Okay. But um, yeah, Darren, Darren's recently come onto the circuit. Um, other new entries onto the circuit would be Teddy Sheringham started to do a, a few events. Um, Clive Allen has also started to do a, a few of these events as well. And then you've got the likes of Steve Archibald and Gareth Crooks, who, you know, to get them to you in the one room at the same time, that's something special. Mm. So, you know, you still get the old favourites like Graham Robertson, Ozzy, Mickey Hazard, uh, Ricky Villa, Pat Jennings. You've got the old the old timers from 84 who are, you know, they're... They put on a true le- they are true legends though aren't they oh yeah true legends um my personal favorite um i've worked with him four or five times already steve perryman he, mm-hmm. he's an absolute legend of the game he's a, a total gentleman total professional um and even i've worked with um jones and dyson from the 61 team again different era uh true gentleman give the supporters all the time that they ask for they'll sign anything they'll you know they'll they'll think the thing about these legends is when you meet a legend at one of these events they will look you in the eye they will ask your name they will have a short conversation because obviously there's so many people there to try and get things signed but they will make time if you meet a current player they won't even look at you they'll quick scribble and they're gone and to me that that fan interaction means the world and you know the likes of the the older lads martin chivers is another one um just fantastic they're, they're brilliant to work with and they're they're great ambassadors for the club i'm, I'm going to make a confe- confession and i suspect i don't know well bex maybe you, you, you might correct me but I, I i've never done a i've never been to one of these i've always wanted to go but I've, I've never um never been to one so it's certainly on my to-do list at some point yeah, no, mine too. Um, the one you know, I was in touch with touch with you earlier this year, Davey, the one that I'm really interested, I don't know if it's going ahead still or if it's been cancelled, um, there's some dates in, in November um, in, ba- in Ballymena. Um, yeah. Gaza. Gaza, yes. Is that happening? Gaza. It's... <laughs> Cause I, That's a hard uh, call to make. Yeah, it, it, it is happening. I, I, it is happening, but um, I have to put my hands up that it's it's 
nothing to do with me. Mm. Um, I, I've explored the possibility of, of getting Paul. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's too much of a risk. Um, it, things can happen, and, and it's well publicised. We, we know Paul can quite easily um, go off the rails. And to me, I would just be conscious that you fill a room with three, four, five hundred guests and they're waiting to see Paul who maybe won't turn up. So for me, it's, it's not it's something that I'm going to stay clear of. But as far as I know, that night is still planned. Okay, I, I, I mean that—that's the one that grabbed my my attention for. Um, well, um, growing up as a kid, Gaza was Gaza, and, and at the time, Lineker was one of my first sort of Spurs heroes. Um, and 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 by all accounts, Gaza, you know, when he's on form, um, by that I mean when he's fairly compass and, and 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 on form um he's 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 a good laugh um but that that being said um i would still want to attend i certainly would consider some you know some some of the the, the other players you, you you mentioned you know the likes of garth crooks and your your Aussies and and, and your actually mickey hassard was here in a second spell at spurs that that was um i remember that but um i i'd certainly um it's certainly something that I would look at in the future because um, it's, it's, it's definitely on, on the to-do list. I know I know of lots of people that have att- attended these nights, and um, always that the feedback is good. Um, it's just one of those things I've not got around to doing. Um, it is it is worth it. It really is, and you know, a lot of people have a, a misconception that if you have um, if you run a Legends night, people want the big names. People want the you know, the, the superstars of this world. But um, sometimes it's the lesser name that makes a better evening. You know, you... Yeah, not so much ego. Not so much ego. Um, definitely, they, they open up a lot more um, and they, they're, they're not... They're pretty much not afraid to tell tell it how it is and how it was. Uh, Mickey Hazard is... Mickey Hazard is one of the best... And I, if, if I don't mention that, he'd probably kill me if I don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he likes Mickey likes to Mickey likes to um, proclaim himself as the king of the lane. So, but now Mickey's great. Mickey's one of the best. Him and um, Graham Roberts, fantastic. And, and Mickey, every time I've, se- I've seen him on on other podcasts and, and interviews and so forth and social media, he's, he's just he's just strikes me as just being very down to earth, no airs and graces, um, and, and I think yeah. that, that's part of the appeal. Um, Right, let's finish off with some questions. We've, we've got quite a few, so I'll try to get through as many as possible. Apologies if I, if I don't get to everybody's question. Um, Sam Moore asks, why do we always start so sluggishly in August? Daniel yeah, we Levy. kind of talked yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not another Levy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that, that, you know, years where we have big international competitions, there is a backlash. And because, as we said earlier, we had so many players away, that is always going to impact on the team when they all eventually get back together. And they came all back at dribs and drabs. It wasn't like, you know, everybody was in the same competition and they all came back at the same time. Everybody was all, it was all quite scattered. And I think it must be really hard. I th- yeah, and I think that, that it's not just us that, that struggle in August, I think. If you look pretty much... 
bar bar this season, bar Manchester United and City, I think everybody's pretty much struggled. Um, mm. Like look at them lot, them lot down the road. You know they, it's finger hooky time again. You know they, everybody seems to struggle in August until they find their feet. Um, okay, next question. Annette Smith asks: We're better off at this point in the season than we were at the same point last season. At this stage, are you able to envision that we will continue to develop on an upward tra- trajectory and build upon last season, and even and even improve on on it? I would yes. say yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be more difficult because I think the other teams that finish below us have got stronger. Mm. But I do think, you know, I do think we will progress. And I think, dare I say it, I do think we'll get top four. But I think it's going to be a lot, lot harder. And it's going to go right to the wire. Yep. I think I think also some of the teams that finished above us, um, I think they'll struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leicester, Leicester will be found out. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. And hopefully the other team that finished above us will... will um, have they come up and implode? Sp- yep, mm-hmm. um, spontaneously combust. Um, right, Mark Stoll. Actually, two sort of similar questions. Mark Stoll asks: Are you concerned with us selling so many players late in the window? Do you think we will buy two to three outfield players before the window shuts? And as a follow-on from that, Annette Smith again asks: If we sign no more new players in the transfer window, do you think we have the strength and depth in our squad to genuinely complete compete in Champions League? And do you think that us knowing the group? Uh, um, and do you think that us knowing the group we are in will make a difference to who we sign? Okay, so Mark's question, um, no. I think that Poch has already shown in previous seasons that he's quite ruthless. He's happy to get rid of players that he doesn't think will suit the system, that he doesn't think will become the kind of players that he envisages. Um so for Mason uh, to go and Ben Taleb to go out online alone, I'm not at all surprised. They barely featured either of them last year. So not really such a shock. He's not going to bring in new players unless he wants them to settle into the team. And this is something we've spoken about at length before. So I'm not phased about that. As for Champions League, I don't think that'll make a slightest bit of difference to Poch. If he wants a player, he's going to go and get them. Makes yeah. no difference about you know who we may or may not be playing, is my take. Yeah, I, I agree with Bex on on both them points. Um, I just think that my the only concern that I would have is we we seem to have a, a really strong we have a strong eleven, um, and then we've got I think last year's bench was stronger, but I do think if we're letting these players go, that we may need to sign maybe one or two before Wednesday. Just to, just a, I think just to um, give us more options because uh, it is going to be a difficult mm-hmm. season and you you can see one of the cups being sacrificed pretty early. I can imagine it being the league cup. I can see a lot of the kids playing on that. So um, yeah, but say look, I agree with Bex. I don't think it really matters who we got in the Champions League if if Poch wants a player, he's going to go out and sign him. And I know that today. It's been Esco and names like this being yeah. linked, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll wait until he's standing in Hotspur away before <laughs> with I, his flag, I comment on with it. his yeah. with a scarf, with a scarf and, shirt. and flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the only concern, I, obviously, you know, if, if 
if Mason is on his way out and um, Shadley has been sort of, sort of been linked with, I think West Brom loan move, and obviously Ben's already gone. Um, and in light of all that, yeah, of course we need to strengthen. We need to add a few players. But then going back to what you said right at the beginning of, of the podcast about um, trying to find a new identity, um, oh. that's also going to be but a, a potential issue. But then, of course, we won't be the only team. There'll be lots of lots of other teams that will bring in players right at the end of the of the transfer window who wouldn't have, have had a proper pre-season. Um, so that that will be a challenge trying to integrate those players. Um, and like with anything, some will hit the ground running straight away. Um, Others will, will take a bit lo- bit longer, but we shall see how that all unfolds. Um, in Poch, we trust and all that. Um, uh, Josh Heddington asks: Is Delhi Ali taken? Is Delhi Ali taking it all for granted? I think he's just tired. Is Josh's question um, intended because Ali hasn't played so well? Is that? I'd imagine so. Yeah. The underlying question. Yeah, yeah. He was ill last week. Takes a while. Meh, I don't think he's taken it for granted. He's still very young. He's only 20. Yeah, I know, but he played really well last season. So that was his first season at that level. Played really, really well. Did well, went away with England, played okay. Well, you know, insofar as any of the England players did any any good. Um, But now he's back and it must be, because this is the first time he's done it. So it's that first cycle of doing anything. Physically, it must be absolutely exhausting. And he's still only young to cope with all of that. First time he's ever had to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So maybe. Yeah. Yep. Go on. I I just I don't think Pochettino will let him slip. Uh, You know I I think Pochettino will uh, protect him as best he can, and if it means giving him a rest or giving him a break to get to get back to the form that he showed. like he, there's no doubt he's, a, he's an exceptional talent, um, and like I, I personally think around Christmas we'll look back at this conversation and laugh and say, <laughs> "What were we worried about?" I hope so. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving along. So we've we've got bear with me on this one because we've got about three questions and they're all around for Ericsson and and, and Lamella. Um, John Staples, um, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, asked, "Do we cash in on on Ericsson?" Um, no. Follow on from that, um, Tortoma asks um, on Twitter, um, his handle is at 80 underscore Spurs, would you rather have two Ericsons on the wings or two Lamellas? And finally, um, and I hope I get the pronunciation right, um, Dahi um, asks, if I had to sell either Lamella or Ericsson, which would it be and why? Without any hesitation, I said Ericsson. What do we think on that? I think it's a great sea change from that Stoke game last year mm. where Lamella came on and he had such a shit game and I really lost my rag. Um, and he was really, really poor. And yet by the end of the season, everybody was like, you know, he's quite good. He's, you know, he's really improved. Um, he's not getting such a slagging off anymore. Ericsson, on the other hand, like we said, I don't know if it's because he's had no summer football, because he's had no one to push him. He is not playing as well as he can. Um, and that's a concern for me at the moment. I think both players, if you take both players on their day when they're in top form, Ericsson is, oh. is by far, to me, he's a better footballer, he's a better player, and he, he can offer more to the team 
but Lamella's work rate is fantastic. And there was a question there about two Ericsons on the wing or two Lamellas on the wing. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it depends. But if you've got players who are going to give a hundred percent week in week out, then I would take that over a player who strolls about thinking he's Billy Big Box. So I, I'll take two Lamellas running up and down the wing like pit bull terriers. No problem. Yep. Me too. Yeah, I think I think um, I'm going to avoid that question. Um, I think you can't. It's the podcast laws. You can't avoid a question, especially when you're the man that solicits these questions. So on you go. Um, I'll, I'll answer it um, in this way, which is I think that I think that Ericsson. I think at the moment Lamella is certainly ahead of, of Ericsson, as, as, you, as you said, Beck. So who would have thought it 12 months ago? Um, I think Ericsson. A lot of people have been critical of him. I've been frustrated with him the last few matches. Um, I thought he did slightly better yesterday, but I don't think any one of Lamella, um, Ericsson or Deli Ali really sort of shone yesterday. I don't think any of our attacking players um, really stood out. I think some of our defensive players and Vorm did, did well yesterday. You know, Ericsson will, will, will come good. It's fine. Um, it's I wouldn't only- sell yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cash in. I, I think he does have. I do think he has a lot to offer. Um, I think once he gets his his contract extension sealed up and signed, and you know gets his head back down again, like he is, like Ericsson has changed games for us, but he just needs to do it on a more consistent basis. Yep. Um. Okay. Okay, um, Zach Gisnola from Weymouth asks, are we better with Kane at, at number 10 and Deanson up front? Um, and he goes on to say, I want to start like this today with Delhi driving from 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 deeper next to either Big um, big Victor or, or Dyer. Interesting question because um, when Kane broke into the team originally, he played uh, in one of the sort of three behind the main striker and then he sort of um I don't know if carves carved out a career is the right phrase. Um he he's made that that number nine position, if you like, um his own. Um I I've got no issues with, with Kane playing further behind. Um I think that actually in time, whether you play whether you play the way that Poch play, plays with four two three one, or whether you—I don't think you'll play four four two—but whether you played a variation of that, you can play both Janssen and um, Kane together. And as long as they've got good good understanding, I'm sure both players are intelligent enough to interchange. And I think that that Janssen can drop back um, sometimes, and, and when Kane pushes forward, and, and vice versa. So um, I, I wouldn't want to pigeonhole them and, and say. He's better in this position or that position. I think that they're they're, they're two intelligent footballers. That um, that there are signs there that there's an understanding, but it's not quite yet there. But I think with, with time, we'll, we'll see that. Yeah, I think Poch is still playing with um, experimenting. Sorry, with the best way to play them and how to get the best out of them. And because everybody's a little bit lackadaisical at the moment, then it it's hard for him to get a feel for the best way for them to play but certainly going forward I think they'll get it sorted and like you say they need that fluidity to change positions and drop back and go forward and I think that will come with time 
Yeah, I think I, I think that you have to go by the past couple of seasons. And for me, at the moment, Kane has to play up top. But I do think that the addition to Janssen now gives us so much more, so many more options. And I do think when they play together, they do. There is something there. There is an understanding there, and like we are, we've always been famous for having two fairly good, you know, strike partners. Mm-hmm. If you go back to the years of, you know, even the past sort of twenty years, you've had Crooks and Archibald. You've had Klinsman and Sheringham. You know, so there is, there's definitely potential there, and I think potential is the key word. Um, if it doesn't work. You know, you can always revert back to Kane being the lone striker, and if he gets any amount of goals that he scored last year, then we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, Emma Donovan asks: Is it actually possible for Jamie fucking Redknapp to be any more turd guzzling son of a two bald bitch when discussing Tottenham? No. No, he's got the biggest chip on his shoulder. I think he's got that pretty well signed up, personally. He's just been such a complete twat yesterday. Well, one of the benefits of being at the game is I didn't have to watch watch him. But every time I do see him, he's he's certainly very bitter about um, the whole experience with with his father. I think he should just let it go, you know. Um, Yeah. Life goes on. Um, Right, Rob Craxford asks, "Are are we taking bets on when Harry will score? Next week. No, because we've got weeks to do that, haven't we? Yeah. No, he's going to he's going <laughs> to score against Stoke. Okay. Well, his season doesn't yeah. start till um, November. So that's certainly in his first year, and yeah. last year it's of October. He's, yeah, exactly. End of October last year. So I'm not bothered. And no. I, I don't know if you recall, but at the beginning of last season. Um, he hadn't found the net. I think it wasn't until September against um, Man City, and then he was still fairly quiet. And then. It, got a hat-trick against um, Bournemouth in October and then after that got the goals came flowing but in those first few matches um, people were asking the same th- um, questions about him now if not more and I remember there was like a chance it might have been Everton very early on in the season and he was put through on goal and it, and it was just him and the goalkeeper and he scuffed it um, whereas at the end of the, his sort of breakthrough season for us um, the previous season he, he would have just scored naturally um, that was last season. Um, at the moment, he's not as bad as that. And you know, then people were, were, were questioning him. Um, he's played a lot of football. He's been involved in the Euros. If you go back to the previous season, he's been involved in the under-21s. Then all of last season, so much was mm-hmm. placed on, on his shoulder. So I think he'll come good. Um, it's only a matter of time. And once, once, once the first one goes in, like any striker, um, the rest will just start flowing. Yeah, steady, because I'm fairly sure we said that about Soldado. Mm, yeah, but Kane's, Kane's proven it <laughs> o- over, over a number of years for us, so um, he's, he's no, bless him, he's no Bobby. Um, yes. Right, Paul Esau says, with Poch making his comment that we celebrate winning trophies and not Coco's nug- nutmeg, do the panel ag- now agree that there's a darker edge to our mentality compared to last season's fun and laughter Um with a hey hey, gone other silly handshakes. I'm not sure what handshakes he's referring to. Masonic handshakes, or what does he mean? Delhi's Delhi's wave. Delhi's wave. Um, certainly, um, 
we are certainly we are um i think that I think I've, there's a lot more focus yeah. this year um yeah and Poch has let his young lads have their fun last year mm-hmm. and now this is where the work really starts Poch has had a couple of years now to build his team the way he wants it the transfer window he's only brought in two players so far yeah um but it's the whole this is what Ferguson did mm. he had the base of a good team and he brought in one or two players every season to enhance the team yep. not a, a, a wholesale reshuffle and I think that makes the difference I think that we've we've had that darker edge to our mentality I don't know whether we've it's any more this season than than last but I think that's I think that's been noticeable since since Mauricio's taken over but yeah I'd, I'd agree with you Bex there is going to be that bit more focus and and um he has something to prove to everybody that he is a good manager. Mm. So it's not just for the glory of the team and it's not for the crest and it's not for any of that. It's for proving to himself that he can do it, I think, as much as anything else. And he wants that team to succeed. Yep. And if, if you, like, you have to be ruthless. You know, you, you have to have that, install that winning mentality throughout the team and you have to be professional and you know, if that's what it takes, then, you know, who are we to say anything different? Mm. Okay, yep. fi- final three questions. Um, they're a little bit more light-hearted, a little bit less, I was going to say Spursy, um, less Tottenham-oriented, shall we say. Um, Ed Brad asks, uh, Ed Brad says, I was at the Speedway last night, um, and there were a lot of fellow Yids there. What other sports do the panel follow? Ooh. Pretty much everything. I, um, I, I don't mind cricket. I, I kind of follow a bit of cricket when it's on, but more more so the um, you know the T Twenty or the and then Premier League. Quite I quite like that. More exciting than a Test match. Mm. <laughs> you can't beat a Test match. They're awesome. Um, cycling, tennis, athletics. Pretty much whatever goes. Yeah, I'm not good with rugby, but yeah, uh, lots of sports. No, I don't like rugby. I um, I think as as a, as a as a kid, I think I enjoyed a lot more sports um, than I do now. I think the older I've got, um, uh, I've tended to to, to focus uh, more on football and actually more on Spurs. Than, than anything else, um, which is a shame. I don't know why that's happened, but I think that, that's just just the way it is. But um, I'm trying to think. You know, I'll, I'll watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the Olympics if, if that's on, and, and and athletics. But I mean, things like rugby, less so. I used to watch it a lot more. Grand Prix, used to watch that. Oh yeah, Grand Prix, yeah. Less. Um, tennis, I used to watch a lot more, a lot less now. Um, but yeah, nothing beats Spurs for me. Right, um, John Steggles. Another question from him: What's what is the thing that you hate most? What is the thing you hate about football the most? Sky Sports pundits. <laughs> <laughs> really good call. I can't beat that. Any any ex Liverpool player who or is a Sky Sports pundit or Gunnar Merson Thompson. Oh my God! Oh. I just Red camped. Red Nap, that's another one. Yep. Charlie, um, Charlie Nicholas, Sunis, just can't. I really can't. I've no time for them. 
Um, I think, uh, yeah, apart from that, the, the obvious things, things like cheating, I don't like. Um, I don't think anyone likes. Um, players that, that, that will feign injuries. Um, I think the money in the game, going back to what, yeah. what you were saying earlier about that generation of players that um, are quite accessible and, and do these Spurs legend nights and, and are willing to give their time and, 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 and talk up talk to the players i can't help thinking that the amount of money that's come in the game which is fine you know obscene. It's, it's obscene um it's not i don't begrudge them um that if that's what if, if that's the level of money that sky and and and, and whoever else it is bt sport and, and and whatnot are willing to pour into the game then that's fine and players are gonna try they've only got so much um you know a, a, a professional player will, will, will play for what 10 15 years um and um, they're going to try to get the best deal for, for themselves. I, I've got, I've got no qualms about that. But the the amount even, of money, even if that, even if that sacrifices their actual playing time, because if if you if you look at so many players, so many good players who have went to clubs simply to sit on the bench and collect a paycheck, mm-hmm. you know, the, as you say, players only have a, a lifespan of fifteen years, and you want to in them 15 years, play as many times as you possibly can, not just sit for half of that time on the bench collecting 150 grand a week. I just yeah, that, that must be really shit. That must be a yeah, really that's... rough life. Yeah, yeah. When they yeah, earn, yeah. you know, four times my salary a week. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's just, you look at everything that goes on in the world and these guys are claiming so much money because it's such a big deal. Yeah. Equally, the money also affects the fans in a big way. It's not just the ticket prices, but even if you want to be able to watch this from home, so you have to have Sky and BT. So on average, you're yeah. paying, what, 100 quid a month? Yeah. It's a lot of money. I liked it better when it was just Sky. BT can feck off, but, yeah. you know. I can take Michael Owen with them as well. Well, oh, God, yeah. yeah. I, in fact, I will <laughs> happily kick him away. Yeah. Okay, final question. Now, this is one from... we. Uh, so ASD um, uh, presenter, host of the um, Echoes of Glory podcast and friend of the show um, he submitted a question right, the, right on the very first podcast of the season um, and, it, and it's a good question and it's so good that we've we've kept it going each week um, And but I've, I've obviously addressed it before and Bex when you were on a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. you, you, you did as well so um, Davey it's down to you so ASD at ASD the brand asks if every one Spurs player suddenly turned into a pet, what would they be and why? That is a typical Andrew question. <laughs> <laughs> if ever there was somebody that could come up with a question like that, that's Andrew. Mm. So right, okay, I'm going to go for Wanyama as a Rottweiler. <laughs> I'm going to go for. Lamella as one of those little Russian hamsters that just keep going round and round and round and round that don't stop. <laughs> and I'm going to go, my last one, I'm going to go for Ryan Mason as a stray puppy who turned up on the doorstep. <laughs> people get pretty fond of him, but now they just can't get rid of him. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan Mason. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> mean, but very accurate. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that he's a nice bloke. He's a nice chap. And, and if he does, um, I've been critical of, of, of 
with Mason in, in, in the recent past. Um, if, if his move to, whether it's Hull or Sunderland, does material, materialise, then um, I, I do wish him all, all the best best of luck because he's he, he did really well for us in his in, in, in the 2014-15 season. Him, him and Bentlab. And um, uh, I think for me... We've we've moved on and we've we've outgrown him, um, but he's yes. he's um, he, he he was a really good ser- servant and uh, and I and I and I hope he, he does really well um, uh, when he seeks past his new. Right um, on that note, um, thank you. Well, firstly, thank you to, uh, to, to listening to the podcast and, and downloading the podcast. Um, if you want, if you should feel so inclined, you can leave us a, a review on on iTunes. Um, thank you, Bex, as ever. You're very welcome. Thank you, Davey, for for making your um, debut and giving your time. I know, I know you've got to get a flight soon. Oh, thank you for thank you for asking me on. And we normally end the show with the um with the uh, 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 the outro music, but um, Davey, um, the, the Spurs poet, um, as you are, um, <laughs> you've got a little poem for us, I believe. Yeah, you've you've put me under pressure. So <laughs> this is this is I've just jotted this down while while um I've been sitting here. You ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three corners packed with supporters' voice, but a windswept void spoils the look of the lane. Progress will be seen in the next 38 weeks, and hopefully progress in each and every Spurs game. New formations to explore and tactics to fine-tune. Leggy players to return to last season's form. The new arrivals need to settle and cement a first-team place and a little more respect for Michelle Vaughan. Deadline day awaits us, sitting at home, biting nails and pulling hair. The notorious and unfamous Daniel Levy time. The only thing missing is Redknapp's car window. That definitely won't be there. A season of hope lies before us. A title charge, or maybe a relegation fight. Whatever, I will be in that number. Because the future's bright, and it's a brilliant lily white. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>